Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. We have completed chapter 9 and we'll be discussing chapter 10, Yoga of the Divine Glories. We are halfway in Bhagavad Gita, so let's see what we have learned so far. In the first six chapters, we learned about ourselves as individuals and how we act in this world and what is the most efficient and proficient way to act in this world. And that segment of Bhagavad Gita ended in Dhyana Yoga, Yoga of Meditation. The next segment, which we are discussing now, deals with that Lord upon whom I'm trying to contemplate. Describing from chapter 7 onwards the glories of that divine supreme being. Chapter 7 and 9 indicated his glories. Now chapter 10 is elaborating on them in the language which you and I can understand. So this is the extension of the discourse which Bhagavan started in chapter 9, Raja Vidya, Raja Yoga. And we are elaborating on it. So far, what we have seen in Bhagavad Gita is that chapter 1 gave us the thumbnail sketch of our own situation, what we are dealing with in our lives. That we see all actions performed by us or performed by others through the lens of our attachment. My son does something as a baby or as a child, it's very cute. But neighbor's son does it, it is a misbehavior. So we see every action performed by us or performed by others through the lens of our attachment. If I like that person, it is okay, it is good, it is acceptable. If I don't like that person, it is not acceptable. That's why the Republicans see the world differently than Democrats. The reality is same, but the two people, two parties see it completely differently. We see this world through the eyes of our attachments. So that's what we saw in chapter 1. Arjuna saw the situation through his attachment to his gurus and his elders and his cousins. Chapter 2 gave us the profound knowledge that we are not what we consider us to be. We are not the individual mortal beings. We are the manifestations of the same reality, same all-pervading reality. That reality, which I called I, you called you, she called her, and he called him, is one and the same, immutable, imperishable. So what I call I is imperishable. When I attach I am this, that this is perishable. Whenever I say I am an architect, I am a man, I am a husband, I am a father, that comes after M is perishable, I remains imperishable and therefore I can keep changing I and attach anything which I think I have acquired, I have obtained with that. So that was chapter 2. Then chapter 3 brought us to 
what type of actions are acceptable if I want to liberate myself from this bondage of my actions. Every action is binding. Every time I act, I know there will be a result, whether that result will be conducive or not conducive is not in my hand. Once I perform action, I'm bound by that action. So therefore, chapter 3 gave us a very clear instruction. Yagnarthat karmano anyatra lokoyam karma bandana. Actions performed other than that for yagna are binding. In other words, the actions performed for yagna, for the greater good, are not binding. Yagnarthat karmano anyatra lokoyam karma bandana. Tat artham karma kaunteya mukta sangha sam achara. And therefore, O Arjuna, perform action for yagna only and live freely without any attachment. So that was a clear instruction from Bhagavan that act you must but act for yagna only. You will not be bound by those actions. In other words, every action that you perform, think about whether it is just for you or it's going to benefit some other people also. So that becomes a greater good. Chapter 4 gave us the profound concept of Tyaga. What is giving up something? The giving up something is giving the fruits of actions. Tyaktva karma phala asangam nityatrupto nirasuyaha kurvanti abhi pravrutto api na evam kinchit karoti saha. When somebody performs action without any expectations for the fruit, even though he is performing action, he is not doing anything. In other words, he is not bound by that action. So, chapter 3 told us to perform actions only for yagna, and chapter 4 told us to give up the fruits of actions. Expectation for a particular result from my action. So that was the advice in chapter 4. In chapter 5, Bhagavan said, think about that you are not the doer. Na evam kinchit karomi iti. Yuktaha manyate tattvavit. One who knows the essence about his own self, one who knows what that I is when I refer to my I, he knows that that I is not performing any action. That I, the consciousness in me, is not taking part in any action. And once you take that stand, you are giving up the sense of agency. I am not doing anything. Chapter 6 told us to focus on that supreme being and gave us another definition for yoga. We have came across two definitions of yoga. Earlier in Bhagavad Gita, yoga karmasu kaushalam. And samatvam yoga uchchade. This chapter gave us another definition of yoga. Dukkha sanyoga yoga yoga sangnitam. When you detach yourself from dukkha is yoga. So right now we are programmed to get attached to dukkha. I may have everything going right in my life, but there is one thing not going right. My focus will be always on the dukkha only. So we are constantly attached to a dukkha and ignoring what is sukha in our life. 
But one says that attachment to Dukkha is the cause for all your sorrows. If you learn to detach yourself from Dukkha, Yoga Sangritam, then you have achieved Yoga. And that person is firmly established in Yoga. He knows what Yoga is. Detach yourself from Dukkha and then focus on, contemplate on that real self which constantly rises in your heart as I. Early morning when I get up, that feeling which rises in me that this is me. Pratasmarami Hrudisamsprat Atma Tattvam. That Atma Tattvam, that which says this is me, that essence which rises in my heart when I wake up, that's me. After that everything happens is superimposition on that I. The rest of the day, I'm living with the superimposition of various things which I think is me or associated with me. So chapter 6 gave us that contemplation on that I. And then chapter 7 onwards is telling you what to contemplate on. I want to contemplate, but on what? Unless I know my goal, there is nothing to contemplate on or nothing to meditate on. So chapter 7 onwards, Bhagavan is giving the definition of the Tat, that which you are seeking, that Supreme Lord, that state without any unhappiness, sorrows, any limitations, any death. That state is described from 7 onwards. Then 7, we came across a very innovative way Bhagwan describing himself. We constantly say, I do not know Bhagwan. I have never any experience of Bhagwan. So Bhagwan said, you meet me every day, everywhere, every time. Because Bhumi, Apaha, Analaha, Vayuhu, Kham, Manaha, Buddhi, Evacha, Ahankara, Itiya, Me, Binna, Prakriti, Astadaha. Everything that you know, five great elements, mind, intellect, and ego, they are my eightfold manifestations as Prakriti. And you are living in the Prakriti, interacting with that Prakriti. So you know me very intimately. You know me in your everyday life, but you are not recognizing me. That's my lower Prakriti. Other than this manifest Prakriti, which is perceptible through your senses, there is higher Prakriti of mind, which only you can realize, you cannot perceive, you cannot think of, but you can realize it. So that was the message in chapter 7. And chapter 8 gave us the direct definition of that Supreme, Aksaram Brahma Paramam, that Brahman Supreme is imperishable. Swabhava Adhyatma Uchyade, when he resides in all being, that's his nature. That it seems like he's divided in all beings, but he remains undivided. That's Swabhava. Bhuta Bhava Udbhava Karam Visargam Karma Sangnitam. That gives rise to a being, anything which comes into existence because of that is called karma. When you create something, it's called action. So Bhagavan said, that which gives rise to a being, that I am a being, that's called action. So, Aksara Brahma Paramam, that Brahman yourself is imperishable. And last chapter, chapter 9, 
we have seen the relationless relationship bhagwan said they are in me but i am not in them so what is the relationship of this world of plurality and the bhagwan bhagwan said the plurality is in me but i am not in the plurality but in reality even they are not in me even they are not existing because there is nothing but superimposition and we have seen this classical example of snake and rope rope exists snake also exists but snake is nothing but a superimposition on the on the rope and therefore rope is the permanent reality snake never had any real existence at any given time so the world of plurality never has any real existence but only in my perception my world is created by my perception your world is created by your perception his world is created by his perception and so on and so forth when my world and your world overlap for time being that becomes our relationship so for the next hour our worlds are overlapping on each other that becomes our sunday morning gita class but you see from your point of view and i see from my point of view i am in the center of my world you are in the center of your world so that's we have seen chapter 9 raj vidya rajaku yoga this is the royal secret that even though the same singularity pervades everywhere you and i see it as multiple realities so now in chapter 10 titled divine glories Bhagwan, without wasting any time, tells Arjuna that Bhuya eva mahabaho, Shrunu me paramum vacha. Again, he says, Bhuya, again, once again, I'm telling you that pay attention to my profound message, paramum vacha. This is a profound message because no matter how many times I tell you, and you think you understood it, there's something which you have not understood yet. So pay attention to it. I am encouraged by your enthusiasm. Yatte aham priyamana ya vakshami hita kamya ya. I am encouraged by your enthusiasm, which is very dear to me, and therefore for your own good, for your own welfare, so that you can make progress in your quest to understand your own self. I am going to tell you some more. So pay attention to this profound message which I'm going to give you in this discourse. It is as simple as that. Bhagwan is encouraged by the enthusiasm of the student. Student is encouraged by his understanding so far. He understood that there is something really very different about reality that I thought all along. I thought all along that this limited life is the reality. Bhagwan said this is just a dream. just like you dream every night this is another long dream once you come out of it you know that nothing has changed when you demolish this room from the space's perspective nothing ever changed space was here it is here right now once the building will demolish space remains right here no change ever took place in the space but from my perspective the room space came into existence the room space disappeared and the room was destroyed the same way when the ego came into existence it created this individuality the ego is destroyed the individuality is destroyed and merges into that supreme reality 
एंड भगवान सिंह इट इज नॉट योर फॉल्ट अर्जुना नमे विदुहु सुरगणा प्रभम न महर्षया इवन द डिवाइन एंटिटीज और द डिवाइन फैकल्टीज आर इनकेपेबल ऑफ नोइंग मी प्रभम न महर्षया इवन द महारिशीज डू नॉट नो मी सो एट इंडिविजुअल लेवल द सुरगणा आर माय सेंसेस माय सेंसेस आर इल्यूमिनेटिंग द वर्ल्ड आउटसाइड my five senses created this world of five different tens objects one is missing that part will be missing from my world if my eyesight is not functioning the world of my sight goes away my hearing goes away the world of my sound goes away and so on and so forth if all five senses are not functioning all perceptions of the world goes away so my quest in knowing this world through my sense organs and using the same tool trying to understand the supreme is not possible name vidhu suragana i am not perceptible through any sense organ even the divine ones those the pure entities who makes my eyesight possible that which is behind my eye which becomes my eyesight there is no capability of seeing the supreme तो भगवान से आई एम नॉट परसेप्टेबल थ्रू योर सेंसेस प्रभवम न महर्षया महारिशीज द ऋषीज हु हैव ट्राइड टू अनलॉक द सीक्रेट ऑफ द रियलिटी माय इंटेलेक्ट इज कांस्टेंटली ट्राइंग टू अनलॉक द सीक्रेट्स इन माय वर्ल्ड आई एम ट्राइंग टू अंडरस्टैंड व्हाट्स गोइंग ऑन इन माय वर्ल्ड व्हेन आई लुक आउटसाइड द विंडो i see the sunlight there and i come to the conclusion it is day outside my intellect determines because sunlight outside it's day if it's dark outside it's night so my intellect is constantly trying to dissect my world and trying to understand the reality as it is as i see as i perceive and i do the same i using the same tool i'm trying to understand bhagwan i'm trying to understand the supreme self i'm trying to understand my own self and bhagwan says prabhavam na maharshaya it is not possible for intellect to understand it also no matter how sharp the intellect is it is not capable of knowing the supreme no matter how sharp my sense organs are they are not capable of perceiving the supreme and the reason for that bhagwan says अहम आदि ही देवानाम महर्षिणाम चर्वश बिकॉज आई एम बिफोर आई एम द सोर्स ऑफ द देवाज एंड महारिशीज एनीथिंग विच इज अ सोर्स ऑफ समथिंग दैट समथिंग कैन नॉट नो द सोर्स आई नो माई सन्स चाइल्डहुड एंड आई कैन डिस्क्राइब इन डिटेल वट हैपन नीरज वेन यू आर थ्री इयर्स ओल्ड वेन यू फोर इयर्स ओल्ड वेन यू आर टू इयर्स ओल्ड एंड फाइव इयर्स ट्वेंटी इयर्स एंड टूडे he cannot describe my childhood because i am the source of his being i am his father he can only know things about me which he has seen after he was born but before what i did is beyond his perception he can say i heard from somebody so we can say we heard from upanishads we heard from 
great teachers what the nature of the reality is but that's not my experience so bhagwan said i am not perceptible through mind through sense organs i am not also understandable through intellect because i am before both of them i am the source of both of them puranic perspective swami ji mentions here the seven rishis are mentioned in puranas starting from bhrigu to vasishta and there are various seven in various puranas which swami ji describes in his commentary but from our purpose for understanding from a vedantic perspective this is my quest of learning myself it's a it's a quest of self unfoldment so the rishis are my intellect and devas are my sense organs so then bhagwan said that i am still knowable yomam ajam anadim chavetti lokamaheshwaram asamuda samarthesu sarva papahi pramuchyate but there is only one way to know me one who recognizes that i am ajam i am without any birth or death in other words i am fundamental i am not emergent reality my consciousness did not emerge because i have this sense organs my consciousness is actually fundamental my sense organs emerge because i am a conscious being because i am a conscious being my sense organs function and i can decipher what i am perceiving it's not other way around but because i'm deciphering the world outside i become conscious of it so bhagwan said one who knows that the consciousness is fundamental not the perception is fundamental he knows me in the reality that there is nothing before me there is no source of me i am who i am ajam anadim anadim infinite there is no adi there is nothing before that what was before big bang that reality which created big bang there is nothing before that anadim chavetti loka maheshwaram and he is the lord of all the worlds again we say my world is controlled by my consciousness my world exists only as long as i am conscious of it the world i am not conscious of does not exist for me so many things are happening in this world i am not aware world of sports have nothing to do with it i do not know when the super bowl comes and when the when whatever the other tournaments are going because i'm not involved in it it's out of my perception it is not something which i'm involved in so bhagwan said loka maheshwaram i am the lord of your world your world which you have created by considering who you are and your relationship with the world outside i'm the lord of that in other words that possible only as long as they functions through you asamuda samarthesu sarva papehi pramuchyate one who realizes this fact that consciousness as i is beginningless and unborn he becomes without any death and he is relieved from all his sins since and only related to my ego anything which i have done which created negative impression on me i consider that a sin it is giving me sorrows as swami ji says you are not punished for your sin you are punished by your sin 
it is something which I have done which has created guilt in me and that guilt is punishing me. But once I come out of this identification, then I know it was the nature of my being. I did what I did because that's what who I was at that time. So Bhagavan said, you'll be relieved of your sins. We'll stop right here. If you find this podcast helpful, please support it by donating any amount by going to the episode's website at neilbutt.podbean.com or at chinmayarichmond.org. Thank you. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukhina Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Ma Kaschit Dukkha Bhagbhavet Om Shantihi 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 Harihiyo Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Harihiyo